0: Welcome to the Zenove Podcast. You're listening to our Business Resilience Series, where we bring to you conversations between eminent industry stalwarts and thought leaders from across the globe as they discuss their insights on overcoming challenges and the mindset that help them navigate the journey of crisis, resilience, and growth.
1: In the current dynamic business environment, only agile and flexible organizations can manage operational outages against all odds. To this end, there has been a paradigm shift in organizations' talent strategy and with many adapting to fluid employment arrangements with the gig workforce. The supply and demand go both ways, with top talent on the lookout for flexible means of working where they have improved work-life balance. And likewise, organizations are reassessing existing employee policies to engage with the gig workforce for short to medium-term projects with the flexibility to scale and descale easily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all new episode of the Zenov podcast. I'm Rajat Kohli, partner at Zenov, and I'll be your host for this episode. Today, we have with us Bhaskar Basu, country head, modern work at Microsoft. Bhaskar leads the modern work business group at Microsoft India. He is an experienced business leader in the information technology industry, having led Sun Microsystems and Oracle in the past before leading Microsoft. Bhaskar's experience spans across technology, consulting, sales leadership, Business development, product marketing, strategy, and alliance management. Welcome to this episode, Bhaskar. Thank you, Rajan. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So let's hear more from Bhaskar on what he's seeing in the industry from a gig perspective. But before we dive into the world of gig economy, can you walk us through your journey at Microsoft? Yeah, sure, and and thanks for asking. Not many people do these
0: days, but but here it goes. So so, Rajat, um, I have the fortune of being with Microsoft for close to a dozen years. Very interesting, I would say, run at Microsoft. I, I broadly look at my. Stay here across four parts. Um, I joined as an account executive managing uh, some of our ITES and telecom customers. Um, I moved on to uh, the sphere of business operations. I was the chief of staff for the, for the India managing director. Uh, strategy clearly excited me uh, just the way it does to you. And I joined a strategic growth and alliances group. I work with some of the largest uh, industry houses <coughs> and uh, you know partners in the country. And more recently, I've been leading a couple of business groups at Microsoft India uh, on a technology stack, which is very close and dear to my heart. Uh, I had the privilege of leading the services devices business for, for about a year. And for roughly about three quarters, <coughs> I've been lead- leading the modern work business group. And uh, that fundamentally entails the entire Microsoft 365 uh, solution portfolio and, and how we are looking at making a difference On the overall collaboration productivity and i would say the outcome quotient of our of our customers across the world Uh, exciting times there's so much happening especially in this era of hybrid work and uh, i think just delighted to be here uh, in the company at this time and of course to be part of this conversation with you
1: great that's a quite a journey you have had and i can relate the modern work with the the gig economy going delving into the gig story in india the gig economy is emerging with huge potential i'm sure you will agree with us It isn't something new, but has been around in various forms for decades. So as organizations increasingly work with gig workers, how can technology or the solutions enable smooth operations for enterprises and deliver a seamless experience for the gig workers? Sure. So let me kind of break this down into a couple of parts.
0: And and since the larger conversation is about the gig economy, uh, let me kind of spend a moment of just uh, kind of demystifying this whole trend and what we're seeing around us, around this whole gig worker, uh, I think, trend line and, and how organizations are looking at it. So I was doing some research. Of course, I read up the paper that we published. And very interesting, I think uh, what I learned was that by 2030, uh, there is a 7 million workforce that we're talking about. That's going to triple uh, to almost 24 million workers by 2030. And, and this, this workforce, uh, what Neeti Ayok says is going to generate over $250 billion worth of work. Right. That's humongous. I think what we have learned is that the IT, ITS sector, that's, of course, someplace that, you know, a, a sector which is quite native to India um, and how we're servicing customers across the world. Uh, gig workers as part of the ITS workforce is, is going to grow by a factor of almost 30 percent. Um, I learned of this new <coughs> uh, term called fractional CXOs. And we clearly seen the whole gig economy kind of play out to even the leadership with, with more and more fractional CXOs kind of, kind of growing. And I've also learned that um, I think historically, the the overall concept of of gig workers was kind of relegated to a couple of sectors, but very niche digital skills. Think about AI, think about automation, data analytics, many evolved, uh, I would say, skill sets, very niche skill sets are evolving. And and companies are more and more looking at this overall gig workforce to, to address projects, both in the short term. And in the medium term, to kind of address that uh, on an ad hoc basis with, with gig workers. Now, I think the second part of it is that as this gig worker economy is kind of evolving, there are certain I would say native moments which uh, kind of <clears throat> drive a much better experience for employers to start with. Think about it: if I if I need to kind of hire a, a full time employee, it's it's quite a massive cycle. I need to figure out how to how to uh, identify the right talent. You know, figure out how to drive interviews. Onboard them, assimilate them, ensure that they're productive, you know, ensure that they're part of the payroll. I think organizations are, are largely looking at gig workers to, to kind of shorten this entire cycle of driving productivity and outcome. So I think that there are many different elements to the life cycle of a gig, gig worker that is clearly very important for organizations today. And I genuinely believe that digital tech has a very strong role to play in, in many of these moments think about it you know when, when a gig worker kind of comes together right we're still kind of figuring out should he or she bring their own device should i kind of provision a new device provide that new device um, can i can i ensure a secure environment to provide that gig, gig worker to kind of op, you know work optimally um, how do i offboard? how do i basically rapidly reduce this overall uh, I would say time involved in 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 assimilating in driving outcomes and also offboarding and and think about it. I think uh, let me just kind of go deeper on each of these elements. So onboarding, right? It's it's clearly a very important imperative for for organizations for employers. Uh, the overall cycle of onboarding can be radically reduced. I think there is there's a there's a plethora of of different tech available, but I think concepts and, and interventions like cloud PCs uh, clearly help in ensuring that an environment is provided to a new worker at the click of a button. Think about the amount of time that, that we kind of invest in, in setting up secure digital infrastructure and ensuring that people are, are, are kind of productive from day one, and clearly even in offboarding. I, I think uh, the amount of time that we spend in ensuring that an employee is going and leaving and kind of handing over assets, getting uh, removed from all the distribution lists and, and all the digital fabric. I think all of this can also be rapidly reduced with the help of digital in- intervention. So. Back to your question, I think there are clearly three places where digital tech has a very important role to play in terms of onboarding and assimilation, in terms of setting up a very secure digital fabric for optimal outcome, and in terms of offboarding and ensuring that there is minimal time to kind of ensuring that we're we're able to let these gig workers go. So that's how I'm looking at this overall trend line, uh, Rajat.
1: Great. I think so the three way you've defined it's perfect in terms of the playbook. But at the same time, Baska, if you look at enterprises are facing several challenges in the current business environment. And our joint paper along with Microsoft reveals that 70% of the CXOs that we surveyed felt that the success and the widespread adoption of the gig model hinges on overcoming the obstacles during the gig worker onboarding phase as well as the execution phase. Additionally, figuring out the device needs coordinating the logistics related to their devices, and finally providing IT access to the gig workers becomes a tedious yet crucial critical task for HR, admin, and the departments. How can Microsoft's technology and the platforms help address these concerns? Fantastic question. Let me kind of take a step back. And and
0: before even talking about gig workers, let me take a stab at, at talking about how Microsoft looks at the workforce in general, right? We've all lived in COVID times. And we've all lived through times where we expect so much more in terms of the experience that organizations are providing to us. Think about it. We are not living or working in in completely disconnected yet offline modes. We're working in a very hybrid environment. We are expecting a different level of, I would say, engagement, communication, onboarding, etc. Now, from a principal's perspective, I think uh, Satya put it very eloquently saying that whenever it's about Uh, looking at a workforce and creating the right environment for any workforce. It kind of comes down to three critical pieces. It's about ensuring that we're providing a a digital fabric, which reduces the distance between places. That's the first piece. So be it the physical places or be the digital places. I think there's a clear charter of ensuring that we're able to reduce friction in terms of digital and physical distances. I think the second part is clearly around process saying that how are we kind of changing, evolving, and iterating organizational processes to ensure that we're able to provide the right experience to people who are looking at working for us. And I think the third part is clearly around uh, the overall notion about people and how we're empowering people to do their best job. So the fundamental ethos of any workforce, be it a white collar, blue collar, and now the gray collar economy, as we call it, fundamentally pivots on these three fundamentals, right? Now, if I, if I were to kind of peel the onion and go a little bit deeper, the heart of it, especially for a gig worker, and now let, now let me kind of go deeper on the gig worker part. When you look at it, for a gig worker, the process of assimilation, the process of onboarding, the process of providing a ready readily available digital fabric is massively important. And I think Windows 365 or the cloud PC that we've kind of curated and, and constructed for the gig worker economy exactly hits the nail on the head. The the cloud PC fundamentally ensures that, you know, digital environments are rapidly created at the touch of a button. Uh, These are highly secure digital environments, which which does not allow any kind of uh, data leakage because clearly security is top of mind, especially in the post-pandemic environment. So the cloud PC, I think, is a a very fundamental and a a core digital intervention that we have, which allows us to kind of onboard, integrate and even offboard gig workers in a very, very rapid and and I, I would say employer and employee friendly way. So think about the amount of innovation we have driven on top of Teams, uh, which, 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 which allows us to kind of really ensure that the connections and communications between people is, is definitely a higher peg than ever before. And the good part is this entire experience that we're driving on, on top of Teams is again rendered seamlessly on top of the Windows 365 platform, right? And, and then comes this overall idea saying, look, we have spoken about the overall notion about, you know, process evolution. We're, we're, we're talking about how we are reducing the distance between places. And then it it comes, the the whole notion is about how we're empowering people, right? And what are the kind of tools, techs that we're enabling people to do their best work? And that's where the overall M365 fabric, right, the the latest of experiences that we provide in terms of our M365 apps, be it the Viva Experience platform, be it any other part of the M365 digital fabric, all of these kind of provide a very strong segue for, for gig workers and employees at large to perform at their best. Great.
1: I think so. You have in a way answered my next question, but I'll put it. I'm sure there are some other elements that you can cover. How can Windows 365 be used to support the growth of the gig economy? And what role do you see playing in the future of the work? It will be great if you can share some success stories of how enterprises have adopted it and are reaping benefits from the same as well. Sure.
0: So let me kind of uh, break it down in terms of saying like, look, which is the future? What's the future of work? Uh, frankly, you know, VDI or or virtual desktop infrastructure has been around for a few years. What's really changed? Where are we right now? Where where is this overall industry headed? And I think uh, when I look at it, I look at this overall journey on virtualized desktop infrastructure in, in, I would say, four waves. The first wave is the classic VDI on-prem, right? Think about it, the on-premises legacy traditional infrastructure where almost every element of, of the entire infrastructure, be it the devices, the identity, the security, the application, the operating system, network controls, what have you, is all owned by the, by the organization, by the employer. I think we soon started seeing a shift where customers came back and said, Look, that's good, but I want a very flexible network backbone. I want the ability. To actually host my entire environment so that I can scale up and scale down the core network infrastructure and that's where the whole IAS part started coming into play and by the way you're probably aware that we actually have a very strong Azure IAS service in which large parts of uh, the network, the data center, the physical infrastructure is is hosted out of uh, the IIS offerings that we have. Whereas the customer kind of starts retaining uh, the overall control on deployment, on OS management, on the applications, tools, identity, et cetera. The third wave is where we started seeing the overall platform as a service play coming into play and customers starting saying, look, It's good. I like the whole flexibility on the IIS part, but I want you, Microsoft, or or for that matter, the cloud vendor, to start taking control of of other elements of my fabric, be it the virtualization control plane, Uh, of course, the the core part of the network, the data center, etc. I think we're clearly in the fourth wave of how this overall, uh, I would say, thematic is emerging where customers are clearly saying, look, I want to kind of completely offload the headache of managing everything when it comes to end user computing. So be it the identity itself, be it the applications like office applications, be it the operating system, be it the security, be it, deployment, be it be it network controls, be it virtualized control, everything, perhaps the end user device itself. And that could be a very thin client, which I own, but I want you as the vendor to provide the entire end-to-end experience, including the management application tools, identity, et cetera. And that's where we find ourselves now. Now the fourth part of your question was Rajat saying that, is this happening? Uh, what kind of customers are responding to it? Is this a reality at all? And and the exciting answer is absolutely yes. And I'll tell you uh, what are the kind of thematics which are resonating with customers. So I've already spoken about the digital advantages, the people places, processes part that I spoke of but I think a huge benefit that cloud PCs and this kind of digital intervention promises and provides is that of uh, sustainability, right? So we are definitely reducing carbon footprint I think the, the, the overall impact or the benefit of what this kind of offering provides to customers goes beyond just providing immersive digital experiences, but also it's, it's good for, for the ecology and, and for the environment. Now, there are different kinds of customers who are coming and talking to us. There are, there are customers across industries, be it BPO workers in, in ITES. Uh, be it healthcare workers and nursing staff, be it uh, people in small businesses who are looking at rapidly creating their, their entire digital presence and starting to work from, from day one. I think there are examples galore from, from across the industry where people are coming back and saying, look, it's making sense for us. Let me try and understand what kind of experience that I can provide and what kind of experience can I differentiate between perhaps gig workers and other parts of the larger employee fabric that I have within the organization. I think that's how I'm largely looking at, looking, looking at it, Rajat.
1: Wow. What a way to define it. And some key takeaways for me is definitely the day zero, the flexibility, the scalability, and definitely the sustainability is going to play an important role. That was very interesting to know, Vasco. If you were to predict three trends at the intersection of technology and the gig economy for the future, what would those be? Very interesting.
0: Uh, so look, um, I think we'll, we'll all need to kind of wait for my predictions to play out. But, but let me take a stab at it. I think increasingly, I predict that the experience that gig workers are expecting will rapidly shift and therefore think about it you know when when i'm getting somebody to my organization I, i i need to have the ability to actually attract and possibly even rehire for niche skills and depending on projects and therefore to kind of create an environment where i'm able to rehire and and therefore create a fabric which is compelling for gig workers to come back and work for me is very important so my first prediction is that employers will increasingly focus and and pivot on experiences that they're providing to this class of workers. Uh, While there is a major amount of focus on the digital aspects of the experience, but I soon expect that, experiences around engagement communication well-being and the overall i would say experience that we're providing to gig workers will rapidly rapidly shift and we'll see a very different kind of a conversation with gig workers in the years to come the the second part is look um, i think the covid time frame has been a great learning for all of us uh we, we shifted from completely in person to to digital uh to digital. We're, we're calling it remote we're calling it on-site uh, but but clearly i think that if there's one one learning is that there is no constant workplace there is no offline there is no completely online uh, so the second i would say prediction is that organization will continue to pivot on the flexibility of remote work and hybrid work that we're offering to big workers uh, while there will be projects which will require in-person collaboration but the amount of digital interventions the focus and I would say the, the amount of energy employers will kind of invest towards setting up a truly hybrid environment, I think will we'll surely continue for the, for the foreseeable future. I think the third and, and the most exciting, I would say, trend line that I see and therefore the prediction that I would like to make is clearly around automation and AI. Uh, you're probably aware that, you know, I think the, the world is abuzz with, with the number of things that different people announcing. We, we announced a whole sort of a whole sort of very exciting LLM based, uh, generative AI based interventions. I think the thematic over here is that, um, uh, we will increasingly rely on AI to do routine tasks and to automate tasks, which can be taken over by, I would say cognitive intelligence. And, and clearly there will be, there will be, you know, conversational AI bots, LLMs, they will automate a large part of, of, I would say standardized processes, think about customer service tasks, think about, you know, the, the repetitive tasks that most, you know, I think gig workers, they do on a day-to-day basis. So clearly the the I would say the the kind of work that we will look at employing gig workers around with will clearly, clearly evolve. We've already started seeing, you know, more digitally native skills being asked for. We're clearly seeing even work around the around the thematics of AI clearly going up. So I think the prediction I would make is the kind of work that we're gonna look at, you know, hiring gig workers for will evolve. This will require a high amount of Reskilling, this will require gig workers to focus more on cognitive-based tasks as opposed to repetitive tasks. So I think very exciting times, Rajat, in terms of what we're here to see, uh, you know, in the
1: years ahead for sure. Definitely. I'm sure that uh, there's more to come. Uh, And as the way you explained to us, the future trends, definitely it's not going to take a longer time. It will be shorter. And thanks again, Bhaskar. This has been a wonderful conversation. It is evident that this is just the beginning of the rise of the gig economy and the ecosystem will surely be able to transition quickly from experimenting and observing the model by outsourcing minor gigs to actually implementing it at a scale through the help of innovative solutions on offer. Thank you so much for sharing your perspectives with us. This has been very insightful and I'm sure our listeners will find them enriching as well.
0: Thank you very much, Rajat. It was a pleasure to be here
1: and uh, thank you for the very insightful questions and I think picking up a topic like this, which is so relevant for today's day and age. Thank you very much for having me here. Thank you. That's it from us at the Zenov Podcast. We'll be back with another episode and another interesting conversation. Till then, take care and stay curious. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Business Resilience Series. Stay tuned for more such interesting episodes. You can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. To know more about Zenov, visit our website www.zenov.com or drop us a note at info@zenov.com. At Follow us on Twitter at Zenov for regular updates on our content. Thank you again for listening to the Business Resilience series of the Zenov podcast.